This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 421, being recorded on October 12th, 2016. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Malentano. And I'm Sebastian Peake. Hey, look, it's Sebastian, everybody. Hey, Alan forgets Alan, about Sebastian never, every you, time. Like, you, you because, think you know, I went like five years being the bookend, so, you know. But you know what? Now you're like the cheese in the sandwich. <laughs> uh, you're not know. the meat, but you're the cheese. I don't know how I feel about are that. Are you calling me white bread? Lettuce. Who's the mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a second thought, don't answer that question. Yeah. Hmm. I don't even like mayo on my sandwiches. I, pref- I don't like mayo on that kind of sandwich. Oh, oh so it's Josh then. Oh, right, yeah. I Are you sure mustard? I'm not the mustard? I'm a, I'm a mustard guy. I like mustard. Um, no calories in mustard, and it stains very easily. Uh, so let's get into uh, stuff that happened this week. So everybody's back. I was in Florida last week. God, that feels like it was a month ago that I was in Florida. You should uh, go on vacation and relax a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I did actually. I did. That do, was two weeks ago. I did do. No wait. No, that was that last was a week. week ago. That's what I'm saying. Like I, mm. it blows my mind that See, it was even for me. And I, I wasn't came there. home Thursday night. You had already left for your weekend trip. Weekend in New York. Um, and now it's Wednesday again. It is it? It, bog- it boggles the mind. Um, I did. I did do pretty well. I didn't do a whole lot of work over there. I did a bunch of emails and and podcasts and Twitch and all that type of stuff. But um, product testing. I did do some product testing of that laptop. That's true. I haven't taken out of the box yet. It's funny. Uh, when I did Twitch the next day, uh, uh, I had it. I was doing the same kind of demo. Every time I moved it, more sand, sand out came out onto this laptop. So I'm almost 100% positive inside the keyboard of this. There is, there's sand and stuff. So and that so, one's not rated. You want to buy this one? It's used. No. No? All right. Mm. It's worth a shot. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we record our uh, podcast on Wednesday nights. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. PCPer.com slash live is the URL you can uh, see that at. If you're if you're listening to this after the fact, it's pretty fun. Show up at night if you're not doing anything and and hang out with us. We do pre-show, post-show. Um, we curse a little bit more in those sections. We talk about things like Star Wars, Star Wars, AT-ATs, and what you, can we call them AT-ACTS? That's a, that sounds dumb. Yeah, it does. Yeah. A-T-A-C-T? AT-ACTS? It's just a bad yeah. name. Because now, now it sounds like A-T-A-X or something. Yep. Right? Let me, Let me ask, ask you, you a question. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you need a gentle... E-A-T-X. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A-T-M-A-T-X. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's a smaller version of the alt-terrain. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, PCPro.com slash subscribe takes you to this page here. It's basically just uh, a short notifications list that will send you an email when we're going to do a live stream. Um whether it be our podcast or some other event, uh, which you know we, we just do. It's mostly podcasts. So you usually just get one email a week from us saying, hey, come join us, pcpro.com slash live, and here's the time and all that type of stuff, and here's an idea of what kind of crap we'll be talking about. Uh, need to sign up for that. And then, obviously, uh, we still have our Patreon campaign running here. That is at patreon.com slash pcper. Uh, and uh, this is a way for people who enjoy the shows we do, enjoy the reviews we write, and don't want our website to look like that again, um, to kind of directly contribute 
to us, right? If you run ad blockers or you just think, hey, this is pretty cool. Here's here's a few bucks a month. It is a recurring contribution. We greatly appreciate it uh, for everybody who has already signed up. And as we always do on the podcast, if you sign up uh, to become a new patron during the show while we record it and or you increase your contribution during it, I will read off your name off of my cell phone mm-hmm. for whatever you put in the name field and – most of the time, people think of really funny things to say here. Oh, nothing yet today. Sometimes before I even get there, somebody has has done that, but not just like not waiting today. As soon yeah. as you mention it, it's like they wait all week for Wednesday to increase their Patreon contribution by a dollar. Sweet, which is fine, which is good. Good for fine us. Fine by us. A couple of other housekeeping notes at the beginning. One, uh, we have a virtual land party number fourteen on October 29th. Is that right, Jeremy? It is absolutely correct and may even go into the 30th if it proceeds as usual. <laughs> These guys can be very long, so make sure that you pack your beverages and snacks before you show up or you're going to miss out. I Just head on over to the forum post that's linked to in that post, which uh, gives you a list of the games. Just please put your name in there so that uh, Lenny and the guys know that you're coming. And you can also make some suggestions for games, although... We're probably up around two dozen suggestions already, so Oof. chances are we've already covered it. But if we haven't, throw your name in the hat. Battlefield 1 coming go. out this week. Uh, yep. Or coming out Monday, I guess, technically. So and Titanfall 2. That should be exciting. Those, those hey, are, be, uh, what's your call it? Uh, Skyrim Special Edition. Enhanced Edition, whatever they call it. Not a multiplayer what, the 23rd? game. 23rd? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Wait, are they oops, making uh, it look better? Yeah. yeah, they're new. Are they giving new them textures, new shaders? <laughs> <laughs> All those mods rolled up into one updated Pretty edition. Pretty much. Oh god. Much. If I can't have Thomas the Train be the dragon in the opening sequence, then oh I think god. it's a failure. That was so epic. <laughs> it's a good it's a good thing. Uh Randy Macho Man Savage was pretty damn good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right. Uh and then our final housekeeping did I see did we say a date for that? October 29th, starting at ten AM Eastern. Uh, Either yeah. be square. It's a lot of fun. We'll have prizes and stuff to give away as well. And then uh, we don't have it in the rundown here, so I'll just – oh, no, you did. We switched to it. It's our last housekeeping thing. We are hiring uh, a video producer slash editor. We're looking for somebody to uh, take on that role. Is there something you need to tell me? Ken is fired after this episode. You're Sorry. Um, we're looking – the, the key here is that this needs to be a local thing. We're looking for somebody that can do like video production, actually record when me and Alan talk about our random crap, um, uh, be able to take pictures, edit video, uh, create animations, do motion graphics, YouTube channel management. If you don't have all those capabilities, it's okay. Uh, it's you know something you can kind of learn into as long as you have a basic understanding of like how Adobe Premiere works. That's a pretty good starting off point. Um, Photoshop, After Effects or Benefit, You know if you know about cameras and stuff, that helps. Um, experience with all that is is a plus. And if you're familiar with uh, review structure and like how computer hardware works, which I'm, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, probably in qualifying in those ranges. Um, you can go to the website. Actually, just send me an email. It's rshrout at pcpro.com. Actually, I think Ryan at pcpro.com works as well. All, after all this time, I had forgotten I had done that. We're looking for somebody who is local to us. So that's like greater Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky area. Um, I don't know how big our, our listening audience is in this in this locale. This is something that's probably going to like start in kind of like a part time deal. Like, okay, hey, we need you, you know, these three days for five hours a day or something like that. But uh, as things ramp up, I imagine it will it will increase above and beyond that too. So. Uh, uh, 
You can ignore that email from a John Waldrop in Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs> not local. Not local. Um, it's a hell of I a think commute. that guy said he wants to commute. Yeah. I'm given. Well, there was one guy who said he was going to commute from England. I believe it was. He said, yeah, he posted the flights. Yeah, he tweeted like the commute flights. It's like it was only like five thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds each way, or something uh, like that, or, or for the round trip. They wanted reimbursement. I asked him. Oh yeah, yeah. He said if tri- if commutes were were covered. Uh-huh. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like my next step after this is to like go to Northern Kentucky University or University of Cincinnati and try to like. Get into just roam the halls. Like, no, <laughs> just just go strong arm. Just go get, like, get into the co-op programs and do all that other random stuff. But like, if we can just find a person that listens to the show, reads the website, happens to be local, has free time, wants to do some of this type of stuff, uh, that would obviously be better. And, I, and like I said, dream job, next exit. It's dream job because soon you'll be working out of a church, yeah, instead of just this uh, random office. What could be more dreamy of a job than that? It's true. That's yeah. true. It's true. All right, let's get into our hardware uh, discussions for the week. First up, Alan's going to talk to us about. We talked about it a little bit last. We week. We talked about it a lot of it last. Did week. we? Yeah, yeah, you did go into a lot of it because I tr- kept trying to make you stop because you were going to have a review up. Remember for that next week? Third gen four bay drobo we reviewed like a year and a half this ago. Is exactly how the conversation last week began. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, it's the same thing. I was trying to make it short for you. The drobo five C. Yep. It has Dax. a USB C port in the back, even though it's only USB three point five gigabit. DAS. What's it? Desktop attached storage? Yeah. Like direct attached storage. Direct attached storage. Okay. But uh, So then, rather than call it an external I mean, unit or something like that, DAS is fine. Yeah, it's, it's direct just, attached. I, I mean, that, that term has been thrown around for a while okay. in the storage. So it's a Drobo. It looks just like a normal Drobo here, except yeah. it's five bays instead of four. Right. Uh, you get... You know, one of the things I, I think we maybe gloss over it sometimes when we talk about Drobos is the key of, of a Drobo device is that it just freaking works yeah right like you throw the drives in it you, you put, might get prompted like when you first set it up you might get prompted through a couple of things to just hit okay through basically yeah but that's it right like and then you're, you're good to go and all you have to do is pay attention to these lights on the front of the device yeah. right like green is you're great yellow is hey that hard drive's getting a little bit close to full red yep. is it's full or it's dead yep right there's even a guide on the back of that front cover in case yeah. you don't know in case what you the can't remember <laughs> green yeah in case, right. in case the lights were not you know <laughs> intuitive enough um but uh yeah USB-C connectivity i think that they were trying to do that for a while i i, I believe they wanted to have like usb 3.1 or just you know whatever the brand new stuff was but i assume they had probably some kind of like compatibility issues which have kind of plagued them in the past with like you know the 5d and stuff and yeah. other drobos have had uh, USB three chipsets that were kind of like eh, you know, like the compatibility wasn't great. They weren't eh, you, they were awful. Yeah, they well, were I mean, you really had, bad. You had first hand experience yeah, with one of them. Yeah, um, we were, I was really oh. excited to get like the first USB three drobo. No, 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 I didn't have USB three. I had end. the gigabit Ethernet. It was the FS. It was gigabit. Oh, it that was, was the really old. It was the gigabit. It, it was, was the, the first network one. It was and gigabit it, Ethernet yeah. limited to thirty megabytes per second on a yeah. good day because it was, because they because used it was a USB <laughs> gigabit Ethernet adapter <laughs> yeah. internally, and I was like, "How's that pass? Yeah. How's that get through this discussion?" Yeah. We suffered uh, under that thing for quite a while. We did. Well, we did. Thank goodness that's you know pretty much a thing of the past, and so this one gets. Like 200 meg per second speeds, which is the same as what the 4-bay model that it's replacing does. So it's USB um, 3. It happens to use Type-C on it. Yeah. But it comes with a Type-C to Type-A cable. So you can just plug it into any normal USB 3.0 port on your PC. Yep. Okay. 
Yep. And if you have, uh, you know, if you have whatever that MacBook model is that you need Type C, then hopefully you have a Type C to Type C cable. You mean the MacBook? The MacBook. Yeah. Like the only. Yeah. <laughs> um, now the the software side of it, like you install a Drobo app on your machine, you don't even really have to. To set it up, you do. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. To tell it to format. The okay. Per, you know the drives and everything. You, it, you get it's, going. It's incredibly intuitive. It's super easy to use. Like if you look at the screenshots, it's basically telling you like here's how, how big the capacity is in each uh, uh, bay. Alan had populated it with five different eight terabyte hard drives. Yep. Uh, and it gives you an idea of okay. There's um, your layout. Like, here's your layout. You have 28.9 terabytes of addressable media. Uh, 7.4 terabytes is used for protection. So that's like your. Uh, it's like a RAID five. What, what's that other drive? It's the uh, parity. Uh, Parity drive, yeah. yeah, but it's it's their own custom thing. It's not actually a RAID five. No, it works. To, it works way different. The principle is the same, but yeah. the, how it actually is implemented. And the is cool part different. is you can literally you like, can mix me, and match. Whatever you can pull you want. out a drive at any time and put in a new, like replace it. Yeah, right. And um, like for example, we have you know he has four eight terabyte drives in there, but if you just bought three eight terabyte drives and put them in there, yep. it will absolutely work. And it will do parity, yep. right? And then you put another eight terabyte yep. drive. Later How much on, capacity would you gain? Like six, eight more. You actually gain eight more. Or do you, does some of that have to go? Does the parity no, increase? It's just one drive worth or two drives. You can do double redundancy, and you give up two drives worth of. Capacity, oh, okay. So if you right? had three drives in there, you'd only have sixteen terabytes of available addressable. Yep. Um, but if you add one more and you're still single parity, you get that whole drive worth of. Worth and then you can just add capacity. another one into that and increase yeah. it again, and it. it and if you can mix and match sizes too, right? That's also a thing that's unique to, to, Drobo. to Drobos, right? So um, if you have two fours and a six, and then you can add an eight, yeah. you can do that, right? You can. What do you lose for that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's not it's not like a perfect. You might not get, uh, you know, because realize if you have like two fours and a six, and then you add an eight, and you're on single redundancy, yeah, it has to be able to handle the whole eight terabyte drive failing. So it has to. So you both don't four get, yeah, you don't get nearly as much as you think, right? Okay. Right, you know, because it's not as efficient when you have mix match sizes. Right? So it's still best to do. They all have a really nice same. calculator on their website where you can figure all this stuff out. If you yep. just put in what capacities you want, and then and, and single just, or double. And just remember, I, I know it might be tempting and be like, oh, I could just throw any old drive in there. Well, if you throw in like <laughs> a one terabyte drive from you know six years ago or something, and it's a really slow drive. Yeah. Well, now anytime you're doing any kind of large transfers to it, it's going to have to keep touching that really slow drive in addition to all your other newer, faster drives. Yep. So that's just going to kind of be a bad apple, and it's going to slow down everything overall, right? Fair enough. Uh, so you can still you can still get the capacity out of it, sure, but it might affect your performance negatively if you have one really slow old drive in there. So you're, you're kind of looking at, you said, 200-ish megabytes per second. Yeah. Pretty standard for an external uh, USB 3.0 hard drive-based device, not a USB 3.0 SSD-based device. Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's even in the ballpark of, like, SSD devices, but just this is not going to have the random access performance that you would get out of a, you know, SSD that was connected over USB. This seems like a, like, for our our purposes here, we do a lot of video editing, and, like, this would be a perfect device to set on a desk Mm -hmm. with a video editor that, like... Maybe not your. It's not your working drive. You want to have an SSD for your working drive. Yeah, you know? it should be the second thing that like you do your video export to or yeah. something like that. Or if you or need or to like quickly w- grab an asset from it and yeah. use it in a project, you know, it's accessible at 180 to 200 megabytes per second or yep. whatever. Yep. Right, much faster than over a network. Yeah, you know, it's, twice it's good. as fast as over a network. One like this, this uh, 
there is like a 5D model that they've put out in the past that has like an SSD in it for that does some caching of random stuff. Yeah. This model does not have that. Granted, this model is almost half the price mm-hmm. of that other one. Um, so with this one, you just have to keep your transfers a little bit simpler, more straight line speed kind of stuff, just bulk transfers to or from it. As long as you're doing that kind of stuff and you're not trying to v- edit a whole video project right off of the thing, uh, then you'll be fine. If if you put an SSD in one of the bays, does it still support caching? I or does it just no, this, add it to the pool? This one doesn't have that in its firmware. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, you could just fill it with SSDs and it would go Feel faster. Sure. But be kind it, of a waste. Yeah. It would be faster random access. The sequential, that's pretty much your limit, is that 225-ish Megabit per second. Because that's not limited by the hard drives. That's limited no, by no, the, the controller and all yeah. that stuff. Okay. Uh, you mentioned pricing it being half the price. This is three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, which is the same price as the four bay model it replaced, but this one is faster than the four bay model. No, it's, it's a little it's, bit faster. But you just get an extra bay. You get an extra bay. Same yeah. launch price. Now, granted, the four bay model was almost immediately like super cheap. Two sixty seven. Yeah. Like here, yeah. like when we did the the review of the four bay, it was. You know, less than three hundred bucks the day we reviewed it, which was like right at the launch. Okay. Um, so this one, I think it's going to stick at three fifty for a while for all the four bays to clear out of stock because Drobo will no longer be making a four bay unit. Right. Right. This is this replaced that one. There is no more four bay. You know, I know that was like the original Drobo, right? Was that four bay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it, that that was kind of USB a confusing two. name. Yeah, the original one was USB 2, mm-hmm. yes, and you only get a whopping 30 meg per second out of it. Hell yeah. Um, but even back then, that was a big deal how flexible it was as far as, oh, you can make some extra drives and you can, you know, just pull a drive out. And yeah, like, no, no, it, it, it was incredibly interesting from a technological and, like, ease of use yeah. space. And to be honest, like, nothing has kind of come into this space to compete against it in terms of, like... Not that elegant. Buy it, install five hard drives, never have to worry about it again. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Like and this easy one, day one. This one's using the newest version of their Drobo FS or their uh not Drobo FS. What the heck's the name of their actual um like their file format? File yeah, extension. It's escaping me know. right now. But basically that format can now support sixty four terabyte partitions. And the partition or the volume that it makes. Okay. Right? Um, so which that would is, be technically that would be what nine eight terabyte hard drives. If you uh, had yeah, nine it's, you just can't physically fit that in there yet. Um, but you know, it's kind of future proofing, right? Because when you when you initially set up the drone, well, we already we know of ten terabyte hard drives, right? Right. So we're up. We can get forty. Terabytes you could get forty in, that in there. Yeah. Right now. Um, but Seems when reasonable. when you first set this up, it intentionally <laughs> makes a volume that's the largest it can support, even if you don't have that much worth of that much space worth of hard drives installed. And then it grows into it. Yeah, as and you it, and, add drives. And so this okay. presents like this presents to Windows. <laughs> you, you could have two one terabyte drives installed in this. When you set it up initially, it's going to present to Windows as a sixty four terabyte USB uh, device. Okay, I have seen that kind of stuff before. Yeah, yeah. All right, infinite uh, storage. Well, it does That's that. Right. <laughs> it just it, it does that it, so that that's kind of confusing. So when you look at it in Windows, does it show it as like? Your percent full based on it's 60, out of sixty four terabytes. Yes, that's not useful. But Drobo dashboard and it gives the, you the real data and the lights on the front of the unit, which we didn't have them all lit up on here. But there's a row of blue LEDs across the bottom. Mm-hmm. And Shows they, capacity. They grow, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, compared to the capacity of the drives I that remain. Have a Drobo right? in my house. You probably do. It's unplugged because I disassembled that room when my daughter, you know, 
became a person. Yeah, so it does <laughs> that so that you it. don't even that even removes one more step, right? Because if you even if you went through all the rigmarole of trying to expand a regular raid, like hardware raid card type of raid, which I've yep. done at home, and it's taken a long ass time mm-hmm. to do. Uh, you know, you have to wait for the rebuild to finish. It has to rebuild everything, regardless of how many files are stored on it. It could be empty. It still has to rebuild and t- and read all drives front to back to do that process, yeah. right? Um, Drawball only rearranges what's actually stored on it. It keeps track of what has been used out of out of that volume, and that's all it has to reshuffle around or rebuild if a drive fails or anything like that, right? Does Drobo have anything in this that allows you to make it a network drive or, like, a public-facing drive or something like that yet? Is there anything For in their it? DAS units, for the direct yeah. attached ones? They're relying more on just, just user sharing for whatever the... Like Windows sharing. Samba, baby. Yeah, just Samba. So, like, you could hook this up to a machine here, share it to anything else in the, in the local network. Yeah, you can make a regular okay. network share out of any system. I, I ask this only in a in a completely uh, uh, like for my own use when we move into this damn church finally. <laughs> hey hey hey! When I move into this, this blessed church, yeah, uh, I want to put a device like this on that network on that gigabit connection. Yeah, and not have a storage thing at home, like not have a mass like a Drobo at home, like copy everything to it. Okay. Oh, you mean well, remotely from yeah, your house? Yeah. I mean, you have to set up like a. There's other software that handles stuff like VPN that. VPN or something. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. Like dumb. Anyway, uh, so that's the Drobo 5C. Yep. Which I guess stands for USB Type C. USB Type C. There you go. Uh, all right, let's talk with Sebastian. Sebastian, are you still with us, sir? Let me unmute my microphone. That's a good uh-huh. idea. That's a great idea. I'm still here. All right, great news. Uh, you reviewed the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus for us. I did. So what do you think? I think that they are slightly better in many ways than the phones that preceded them. And then in one big way, obviously, they are not as good. So how hard was it to drill the bottom to get the headphone jack? <laughs> it wasn't yeah. hard. The first drill bit I used wasn't sharp, and then I got a better one. Aluminum is pretty soft. I hate really bad drill. You get bit. the carbide tip, the tungsten drill bits. Yeah. Are those the ones that are ninety nine right cents? Through. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um it's it's kind of it was I found it a little bit hard to approach this because you're looking at such an phone? incremental <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's What's the plastic happened? thing. Oh yeah, that's the plastic thing. Of course there's not a hair on that phone. Those are those are unboxing photos. <laughs> yeah, that you're looking at. So, what's the like hardware wise? Um, both these phones have a new SOC from Apple, the A10. I think we've talked about it a couple of times in the past when they launched these phones. They are um, two. They're, they're quad core devices. Uh, two big cores, two little cores. Somewhat similar to the to the ARM Big Little design infrastructure, but there's clearly some differences in terms of the efficiency. Um, Yes, they only they're only using one pair of cores at a time, and it seems that whenever you're using any application, any kind of bursty speed where you're just using the interface or launching something, it's always using the more powerful cores. the The pair of high efficiency cores run at about a fifth of the speed, according to Apple. We don't have exact numbers on this, or the exact 
handoff procedure or, or what actually triggers this? I would assume that the low power cores are used for background processes and managing your phone when the display is off. But it, in jump, I'm not going to jump ahead, but the, the battery test kind of showed that these cores, which are running at 2.34 gigahertz on this new SOC. It's pretty high. Yeah. It are possibly consuming a lot more power than previously. And I found it very interesting that Apple appears to only be using TSMC for this SOC, where last year they had it split between Samsung and TSMC, and they were built on two slightly different processes. Right. They were split between TSMC's 16 nanometer and uh, Samsung's 14 nanometer FinFET, I believe. I, I would I would assume that no company really wants to dual source like that. Uh, like dual sourcing is good to create competition and maybe lower prices against both both uh, foundries, but like you probably don't want that kind of variance in your product. No, I, I've never heard of. Has anyone ever heard of? The same product being produced at two different foundries on no, two different process Josh, nodes. Josh can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think ever on like a leading edge process, right? Like a, a high performance part. <clears throat> like probably when you get into you know, <clears throat> things that exist inside <clears throat> TVs, you got 90 nanometer, and you just you know 9130, whatever you want to do. There, there was that one. <clears throat> hey, could you please mute Josh while he's clearing his throat over there? It's really obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ATI. Had multiple products on different process nodes back in the day, but they weren't the same product on different. Yes, they processes. were. No, which ones? They used. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. You're lying. SMC <laughs> and a TSMC process that was essentially identical. Yeah, it was the X800 series. I don't believe you. Now, what okay, I fine. what I do remember is them having like maybe a flagship on one and the other ones on different ones, but I don't remember them splitting it. You might be right. I'll look, but continue. It's hey, not, Josh, it's while you're talking, can you please answer this question for me? If they stuck with 16 nanometer, their previous product was 1.84, 1.85 gigahertz. They made a 500 gigahertz jump to 2.34. 500 gigahertz? Whoa. Or, sorry, megahertz. <laughs> uh-huh. To make a jump of 500 megahertz on the same process node, is there any way to do that without significantly increasing power Yes. Okay. Because, okay, a couple of things. One, when they first did that 14 and 16 nanometer, they were early process generations. TSMC has improved theirs to, I think it's a LPP or Pro. I can't remember exactly. It's a LP plus. But it's it's an improved version of that early uh, 16 nanometer. And so you've got better design tools. You've got a lot more uh, experience with the 16 nanometer node, and you've got improvements from TSMC to do all that. And when you put them all together, yes, getting 500 megahertz more out of such a thing is entirely possible. Okay. I kind of wondered if that would be the answer because obviously 16 nanometer is quite mature now. A year later, and but I, I still think this phone does tend to consume more power under load than the A9. I, I mean, it's all circumstantial. No, that's not the right word. But like, Ken noticed that it seemed his phones tend to get hotter than the 6s did. Is that right? Yeah. In in, in kind of normal. I use. had the same experience mm-hmm. with yeah. the, the Plus and the regular Seven. So 
it, it seems likely that's what it is, but Apple is very sensitive to single-threaded performance, so they probably would have been willing to sacrifice a little bit of uh, uh, maybe efficiency to make sure they hit that clock speed necessary. To they're, they're increasing their single-threaded performance uh, a bit at a time, which, you know, are, as the benchmarks show, it is still just dominates in those areas. Yeah, it's, it's the absolute single-threaded king, but if you look at just the few multi-core results I have in the review, it's <clears throat> very near the top. The Kirin yeah, 950, which is the current, I think it's the um, A72 Cortex core, so it's very, it's current-gen ARM, big little 8-core. I mean, if you and look at this... Apple's dual core, yeah. there's only two are active in this test, are still very, very close behind. And in single-threaded performance, of course, they're just crushing everybody. Right. And if you, I mean, look, single-threaded, the only the the after the uh, iPhone seven and seven plus, the next fastest is the six S plus, and then the Galaxy S seven Edge. Right. So it, it's there's a significant gap there. And as sexy as multi-core performance looks, at the end of the day, your the the basics of your like experience on the device on this or even a, a damn laptop at this point still is fundamentally single threaded performance and how high, how high can it spike and how quickly. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it's, and look at some of these other results, right? Like again, these are all some, these are all taken for a grain of salt. Like I don't believe the iPhone seven is four times or three times as fast as the galaxy S seven edge. <laughs> no. And if you're looking at browser benchmarks, that's the most misleading one of all because Apple has, an unparalleled advantage there because they make the SOC, the operating system, and the browser. Yep. So it's being it's being optimized to the point where nobody else can. Like I know that Qualcomm has their own developed browser. Nobody uses it. If they could test Qualcomm chips on the Qualcomm browser, especially if they had optimized a version of Linux or Android to run on their yeah their hardware it, it may compete directly with safari on an iphone but they have a huge advantage in performance at least um with anything i think it's webkit running on ios mm-hmm. now, i've noticed the same high performance with chrome on ios but that's basically the same thing as safari yeah it's using safari yeah but just to quickly run down what we're talking about with the specs, there is the new processor is the A10 Fusion SoC, so two high power cores, two high efficiency cores. The GPU is unknown. It's six cores. It could very well be the same GPU as last year. That was a Power VR 7600 GT, mm. and I haven't really seen anything else unless there's an unannounced product from Power VR, some other six core it- device. They it's very, it's very possible in-house. that Apple just gets whatever they want made. And they, they usually do. They usually yeah. get a weird core count in the power in the current Power VR yeah. generation because mm. they because Apple they have substantial investment in imagination. I think at this point, true, true. It, for it being six cores, the same as last year, it did deliver the promised increase. They were saying it was up to fifty percent faster graphics. They were significantly faster in the same tests. So something happened. Sure. One of the biggest things to me is that these these phones, which carry essentially the same industrial design as last year, there's some slight differences 
there is, you know, a, a slightly different camera opening. The cameras themselves are larger. They they made the most subtle change that most people wouldn't even notice with the like antenna bands on the back of the device. The insulators yeah. are different. Things that normal people would never even notice. They love to refine and refine and refine. That's what the Apple design team does when they're iterating on the same product. But like almost the same identical. Yeah, product. you can look at one generation of iMac to the next seven. to the next, and you're like, well, I guess it's one sixteenth of an inch thicker here, and they're using friction stir welding on the front <laughs> lower bezel instead of a more traditional approach. Yeah, but most people look at it and they're just like, oh, it's it's an iMac. It looks the same. But these these phones. Still the same size, 4.75.5 inch yep. devices, still the same screen resolutions. So you're still dealing with 2014 specs, which were not high end two years ago. Right. They are decidedly. 1344 by 750 for the iPhone 7? Yes. And That's what's the sad. It is, it is P3 color space now. Yeah, that was the big change. The backlighting and or composition of the subpixels is different because they now support a wide color gamut up to the new DCI-P3 standard. It's important to note, however, that when you're looking at the phone, navigating through the operating system using the web browser, email, that sort of thing, you're not looking at anything other than the same sRGB you were looking at before. The P3 color gamut capability only matters if you're looking at P3 content, something actually encoded with this. Mm. The camera app can take advantage of it. So when right. you're taking pictures with the camera, you can view looking them. at them on your phone. They look <laughs> vibrant and amazing. I honestly can't tell a difference. I uh, haven't taken a whole lot of like good photos with yeah, this camera yet. I would I would agree that I don't like I don't go, wow. You'd have I to take a picture them. of like a red flower or something and see if how deep the red I, yeah, goes. Yeah, I think like that, that there the saturation of certain colors is what you would notice. I think you get better greens and reds. But I, I specifically have noticed reds. That's that's the only thing that really stands out to me as being better. Not um, here. <laughs> the low light on the camera on this phone. I don't know if is it any of better? you guys have 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 noticed that, but um, I, I essentially took a photo in the dark outside the other day, and it turned out pretty well. So I, I, I it's did. It's noisy, but you could actually. It's, tell it's what's noisy going on. for sure. So I was. So uh, you could see those girls really, really well. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. the zoom lens on. Both that's okay, the front. D, see, DJT I have the two X lens. Can you must you miss out? <laughs> so, like, Alan, you can look at this picture I took. We went to a pumpkin patch uh, with my daughter, and I took picture. Is that an HDR? I guess it's only a picture, so I, I guess oh, not. No, um, it would have an HDR. But see, here's icon. the thing: I took I took that, and it's like that's okay. Like, and if you zoom in on it, you can definitely see a lot of the noise. Like, I'm taking a picture noise, of a lit it is area, very dark around, and, and a very dark thing. But I also had my A7S II with me, and like I did that thing where I'm going to take the same <laughs> picture right next to it. Then with yeah. this, yeah. Oh my god, it's such. It was just not even. It's not. It's not even like well, I had a close proximation, duh. and I get it. Like these. You shouldn't have to compare about that. But so many people still talk about the the camera phone experience being amazing. And it is really good, but like they're still no, I wouldn't even call them corner cases. Like taking pictures in the dark is something that people yes, struggle sorry, with. Sorry, sorry, yeah. your camera phone isn't as good as your three thousand dollar camera body. Right. Well, I'm with, just saying there's room to grow. Lens on it. I'm just saying there's room to grow and like there's sure. There's there's things people can get can get better at right so like when you see something like Google announce the Pixel and they talk about their camera being better, 
then then iPhone people go, why would you even want anything better than that? It's, it's amazing. And you think, well, no, you actually, always want something you can always get better. <laughs> actually, you idiots. Yeah, actually, dummy. You can go. I think the it. overall camera experience on iPhone is not the best in the industry. I think the camera is fantastic, but if you use an iPhone as your primary camera, you will become accustomed to a slower experience than, say, if you bought a Samsung Galaxy S7. You think so? Where the actual process of taking a photo, if you think about, you pick up the phone, you oh, getting into it, you point at the object. A lot of people don't even bother to tap to focus; they just let it autofocus, and you, you hit the shutter button for it to take the photo. Mm-hmm. And on an iPhone, it behaves like a point and shoot camera, so it's going to take just a moment to analyze lights and distance and focus. Sure. And when you actually tap the button there is just the the slightest delay as the shot is actually taken and then you can take the next shot it's not like a samsung phone where you just point and tap and you're looking at the finished photo on the screen the problem with samsung's approach is they favor speed over quality you will look at something shot at a very high iso speed with a very fast exposure that way, you don't have to worry about handshake, anything affecting the shot. You gotcha. get a much clearer picture, and but Samsung, you will get a noisier picture. Samsung likes to punch their images up. They're not. Yeah, the colors are not. Color accuracy the colors are not accurate. Completely off yeah. on Samsung cameras by default. I'm sure you could use a pro style camera app and tweak things, but yeah. if you're using all stock, probably. Uh, for example, the two photos that I put in my review that I took with my 7 just at a nearby building, they were shot late morning. So there was a fair amount of sunlight, and still, it was only 100 speed. Everything was just stock using the Apple camera app, but I right. looked at the EXIF data after the fact, and they were greater than one three thousandth to one uh, one three three thousandth of a second exposure. If I'm looking at the actual number here, it was one three thousand four hundred twenty fifth of a second at one hundred speed. That's incredibly fast. If I were using my SLR with the best lens that I have, I probably would have been in the three hundred twenty range, nowhere near even a thousandth at one hundred speed to take in that much light and snap that photo. So the the this backlit sensor, which is their latest, obviously their latest generation of the sensor, it's a new six-element lens. It takes in a tremendous amount of light, and I think the bigger aperture helps using an f one point eight for the first time with this phone. It's it's pretty impressive, and then obviously you have the seven plus where you have the two x zoom capability, which I actually I have the plus and I have found fairly useful, like just in terms of. You know, like two X zoom, you're not gonna like be at a stadium mm-hmm. and and get an amazing <laughs> picture out of it. But if I'm like taking a picture of my daughter, sometimes it's easier to just like as opposed to like Zooming going around feet. the couch to get at it, right, or to get at it or whatever. Like just hit the two X button and go type of thing. And, and it's you know uh, we were taking a, a hayride at that pumpkin patch. I could hit two X and zoom in on her face, even though she was really close to me type of thing. So it was it was it was pretty useful, and the quality is identical, right? It's it's an optical zoom. Yeah, it's, it's a secondary lens that is that is a fixed. It's a totally different camera. Yeah, yeah. So, it would be great if all phones, 
had this as a feature because I watch and cringe every time <laughs> my wife takes a picture. Oh, does the digital and zoom? And she slides her finger across the screen <laughs> to zoom in. Yeah. She has an original iPhone 6. It, every picture she takes like this looks fuzzy and mm-hmm. blocky. Yeah. And I say, I, that's just digital zoom. You can't, we'll crop it after the fact or we'll just stand closer. But it's just, you hold it up and just slide and it's just, it makes sense that way. If there was optical zoom, it wouldn't matter. That's what the great thing about the, the plus is. She has no interest in a larger phone. Right. So I cannot get her to get the plus. <laughs> but So I ended up giving Kelly the seven uh, that you sent me, that, well, mm-hmm. that we got back, rather than returning it. The all black one? Yeah. The I gloss get, black one? No, it's oh, that matte black. black. It was matte or, black. Sorry. Black. I ended up giving it to her. Matlock? And, and, and the, the reason I finally huh? made this decision was I was looking at the pictures she was taking of my daughter. And I was like, <laughs> here, just please use this. You can, you can do better. Please. please take this. <laughs> but she won't do any better. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So, so what, Sebastian, did you, I guess you didn't have the plus when the OS was out that did the other, the depth no, of field feature. No, I had, I had it's still it not on my public push, then. right? It's on the public beta. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not on the beta, though. Well, you should do that. Well, I don't... We well, tried I, telling you, like... I don't beta my phone. My phone is very important to me. Of course, what they're, what Ken's <laughs> talking about is the Boca feature, or... It's really it's a, a simulated Boca. Boca. Yeah, or a depth it's of not field. simulated. It's an effect where it uses both cameras it simultaneously totally to simulated. the same shot. It uses the wide-angle lens it's to capture two a very pictures. sharp... Yeah. yeah. It intentionally misfocuses the other lens... What do you think Boca is besides unfocused image? It's just like it blurs, <laughs> it blurs everything like in that shot, and then it just takes that completely blurred shot that's not focused on anything, and then it like puts that behind the person. It uses a magic wand tool, yeah. like in Photoshop, Ooh. replaces it. Dodge and burn? Yeah. Content-aware fill. Now, to be fair, I, I think it's a really cool feature, and, and I'll, I'll install it on there so I can try it out uh, when we do some more stuff, but uh, uh, like... The, that Intel, what was that That Dell tablet that had the real mm, sense in it? The, the Dell Venue 8 7000 or yeah. Venue 7 8000? One of Venue those. Venue 8 7000. Um, like, it did that. Yeah. Right? And it actually had Intel the Intel real sense camera. Yeah. No, and okay. you could, like, adjust what was in focus, right? So, yeah. I don't know. When so, you have multiple cameras, that's an option because you can focus yeah. on the background with one and focus on well, the Well, and it was using a depth camera, too. So, it could, it could do all, all kinds of interesting stuff. So, any, any final words on the iPhone? I want to encourage people to go read that review. But we need to move yeah, on. And I, I know we, stuff, we so. spent a lot of time talking about the SOC and the camera, but yeah. those are really the biggest changes. Well, other than the switch to lightning only for audio. Yeah. And what I tried to – I tried to be objective in the review and mention that, of course – Every phone has an adapter in the box. The only problem I see with this, really, is that you only have one port on the bottom. If they had switched to two lightning ports or included a splitter in the box, I was really curious how they're going to approach using it in, say, a car where you have an aux input and you want it charging at the same time. They have no recourse. You still uh, can't even buy the adapter. Yeah, you can. No. It's not So right now, if I want to listen with headphones. The lightning splitter? Oh, the lightning splitter. Yeah, so you I can charge can and listen, listen to audio at the same time. The $40 one? Yeah. It's not even so shipping I, yet. Now you're looking at <laughs> another $40 uh, yeah. to do something like what I always did, which was plug my phone in at night and I'm listening to like an audio book in my earbuds. Yeah. I can't do that now. So one or the I other. Mean, I was just, just get I was, your wireless earpods. Don't drop AirPods. them. AirPods. That, don't can you, drop can them. You use, are you allowed to use Bluetooth during takeoff on a flight? Yeah. Really? I mean, I do it. 
it's a transmitting technology. Yeah. I mean, no, your phone only has to be in airplane mode. Which disables Bluetooth. No, well, you can turn Bluetooth back on and airplane mode You can turn on. Wi-Fi back on also. Yeah. It defeats the whole fucking purpose of airplane mode. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, language. Bluetooth Sorry. can't even get through... Uh, it's a lie. Like six inches of water. The, the, no, really the airplane is literally transmitting Wi-Fi as it is moving. I uh, think I you can have a Wi-Fi radio on. I use, yeah. I use Bluetooth headphones all the time yeah. on, on that. But. Okay, well, with regular airphone, your, uh, headphones... Uh, you on don't an airplane, yeah, yeah. like, and my phone was almost dead, like when I got on the airplane today, mm. and I so I had it plugged in, and I had the headphones plugged in, and I was like, oh, I couldn't do that on the seven. You what could for heck? forty dollars, uh, and carry an extra thing. Okay. If only they had like wireless charging or something too. I mean, you wouldn't have a wireless charger with you, and it's not like ubiquitous enough to like make up for that for that for that gap. But I mean, I it has. It has. I will pass, say this: because you have like a battery that has. It like hasn't a, affected me yet. The only thing that's affected me is that I forgot my adapter when I was trying to use my Bose headphones once. Yeah. The, the very first time, I had not taken the adapter out of the box. I, I think it's a much bigger deal if you're a heavy headphone listener. Yeah. And especially if you already have a favorite pair of headphones. Yeah. Yeah, but if you have a pair but of headphones. In that pair, case, pair I would just leave yeah. the adapter on the end of my yeah, head. That's what I did. I bought, it, yeah. I bought two adapters, two extra adapters, left one on my Bose headphones. Yep. And then it's just, just it's, it's $9 just that there. I just, it, it cost me $9 to continue to use the headphones I like. Yeah. Sure, and then uh, put one in my backpack just in case. Yep, I don't know. So, so I would encourage everybody to go check out Sebastian's review. I think it's really well done, uh, very well encapsulated the device uh, as well as performance and what we can what we can get out of it. So I know we talked about that for a long time. So we're going to move on. We're going to have an ad before we do that. Uh, we have two patron. We have a new three dollar pledge from Ryan is the Mayo. In the sandwich. Oh, sure. One for mayo. And now we know who it is. And then we also have a new $3 pledge from... <sighs> That's going to be good. Hillary equals gets money from Saudis equals 9-11. Wow. <laughs> I just... <laughs> It, the thing I'm gonna go with mustard on that. The one. thing that gets me is that's not the first time I've had like almost that specific thing. But this is not a modified pledge. This is a new pledge. So there has to be another person who has gone through the trouble of being an, okay. a, a, a patron, and we we appreciate that. I, I, and I yeah. will accept. We will accept your three dollars per month. We will, uh, even though I had to say that that stuff. Uh, all right, real quickly, let's uh, get to our. BC per can't melt steel beams. <laughs> I cannot. True. I, I only have a uh, propane torch, and I don't think that's good enough. We have arc welding power uh, supplies, but that's not good right. enough. All right, You're this, all out of thermite. Uh, this episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings on to that consumer. Uh, Casper mattresses are obsessively engineered mattresses at a very, very, very price. Are we sharing? Yeah. We have candy? Ooh. Oh, Sour Patch Kids. I don't want that garbage. What? Uh, Casper <laughs> combines two technologies, springy latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce, as uh, Josh is um, very comfortable with. Breathable mm-hmm. design, sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature, temperature throughout the night. Uh, we have a Casper mattress. Uh, it is incredibly soft and comfortable. You can buy it online, completely risk-free. This is the uh, by far the best part about Casper service, right? Um, they understand the importance of like really trying out a mattress and making sure that it works for you before committing. Um, you, you get free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period. So you can basically use it for a third of a year 
minus a little bit, uh, and decide whether or not you want to send it back or keep it. Um, and they'll come take it from your house. You don't have to put it back in the box or anything and call FedEx. They'll actually come pick it up. And you just have – there's basically no risk here, right? If, if if you love the mattress, you keep it. If you don't love it, you send it back. It, it seems like uh, a, a – a common sense type decision you guys can make. They're all made in the USA, which is awesome. Free shipping and returns in US and Canada. So Jeremy, there you go. Free free shipping True. and returns in US and Canada. Uh, and you guys can get a Casper mattress for five hundred bucks for a twin or nine fifty for a king size. And if you compare that to industry averages, that's a, an outstanding price point. You can save an additional fifty bucks off of even those prices towards mattress purchase by going to Casper.com slash PC per and entering the promo code PC per. That's Casper.com slash PC per. Enter promo code PC per. Terms and conditions apply. And we thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. You know, they've stuck around for a long time. Yeah, they have. It's awful nice of them to continue to support the PC Perspective podcast. I know I sleep better at night knowing that. I would say it's so nice that everybody should go to casper.com slash PC per. So you just ate the salvage. And buy a new mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person listening. I think they'd sign up for couple. more ads. Why do you have four mattresses in your house? Well, do you have four bedrooms? I do. Well, and my wife go. decided that they all needed mattresses. <laughs> well, and we just, like, she had a couple before we got married. And I yeah. had one. So I recently got rid of the very first mattress I got when I moved out of my parents' house, out of my mom's house. So you got rid of that when you, because you got the Casper one? Yeah. So I, was I it had a, stiff as a plank? It, it, so it was. It was in our. Haha, it was in our guest room. Did it weigh seven pounds extra with uh, <laughs> all the bed bugs? All the, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was like sixteen years old. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Every once in a while, when Kelly got mad at me, I had to go that's sleep on it. That's what everybody right? says. And is. and oh, then yeah, like fine. her brother was like, "Oh, it's an awful mattress." And I was like, "You ungrateful punk, sleep on the couch." But you know, well, I mean, he you know is. how much of me yeah, I put that into that Zach. mattress. Say again. I said that that is Zach. No, you're right. I, I don't put any credence behind his comments or thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get into uh, news items. We'll try to run through these <clears throat> quick because, as Sebastian said, this was going to be our shortest podcast ever. Um, MSI will also support Cabby Lake processors on all 100 series motherboards. I think we talked about this last who week. Else? Asus oh. announced it, um, and they listed like specific firmwares that were going to support Cabby Lake uh, processors. This is still interesting because Intel has never officially announced – uh, desktop Cabby Lake processors. We've only ever seen them from like leaks and all kinds of crap. Okay. And so mobile. Yeah. And all the stuff that's out now, it's been announced as dual core 15 watt or four and a half watt uh, mobile stuff. So clearly uh, Cabby Lake is coming and all of these motherboards will support it. Yay. I, I don't know if that's all. We're working on the H170s still. <clears throat> Those updates are already, you can already install them. Oh, these you can. H170 okay. H170 doesn't seem to come out yet. Okay. Is Cabby Lake still supposed to give you like the same kind of like incremental whatever? Thing, no, roughly. I mean, IPC improvement won't won't be there. It's no. all about frequency improvement. This okay. is the same architecture, same node, same process node, but like they've figured out how to tweak it a little bit so they can get a little bit more clocks in the same thermal or, or voltage okay. windows, right? So, so this is the Zoom and the TikTok Zoom. Uh, yeah. What, what do we call <laughs> it? They uh, call it now. It's a waltz. Tick. TikTok optimized. Yeah, it's a, it's a I think is what they call it. TikTok <laughs> yeah. optimized. That's a horrible marketing term. TikTok op. TikTok op. I, really, I thought like it was w- TikTok. Damn it, we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like when they make that move for the higher clocks, then I think like 
percentage-wise, you probably get less of an overclock out of those compared to... Uh, maybe. You know, I don't know. Because they're already kind of... You figure they're probably pushing it a little closer to the I edge. Don't, don't because they're using the same voltage. Well, right. Yeah. I, and then you're... you're, you're not consuming any more power. Yeah, You're getting a boost in clock would, speed, and so yeah. as long as their design margin is the same that they're when they make them, I would think they okay. would keep the design margin the same. Okay. Um, now, whether or not the process and like maybe the process itself, the changes they make, the tweaks they make to the process might inherently like change it so that there's not headroom at higher voltage. Right. Right. right? But that doesn't really necessarily change what they're getting yeah. at, the, at the same voltage. But uh, it, good to know, nonetheless. Now, I, okay. Somebody's going to have to explain this to me. Intel apparently launched a thing called Stratix. Okay. Ten, Stratix 10 FPGA with an ARM CPU and HBM2, and my mind is kerblown. Why? And it looks amazing. I just want one because I think it looks cool. It looks like it actually looks like an AMD processor <laughs> when I look at it. But what, what, is, what am I looking at? Is anybody? Yeah, why are they doing? This? So you've got a you got a quad core ARM processor in there feeding. Data crap to this FPGA. Okay, it's attached to HBM memory, so it's got a like one terabyte per second of throughput. Okay, that's a lot. And so, in certain workloads, this is fantastic. You can churn through a lot of stuff. Something like what ten teraflops? Is that correct? It is. FPGAs are really damn fast and very specific. They're really things. interesting. So, and yeah. Altera makes some good stuff. And there's a reason why mm. Intel bought them. Because uh, <clears throat> this isn't something you're going to see on, like, you know, a video card, obviously. It's not something you're going to see on a desktop. Yeah. But for networking, HPC, big server thing stuff that they can actually reprogram the FPGA on the fly and do some really heavy duty number crunching on certain. Specific workloads that they can optimize for that FPGA. This is kind of big, and so it's uh, it's 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 kind of big iron in in ways. But yeah, it's it's uh, what's kind of interesting most to me is that they're using ARM processors rather than like Atoms or other x86 yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's well, kind of unique. But this is what the third product using HBM memory that we really get to see? First with HBM2, I think. Suck it, AMD and, and NVIDIA. No, 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 no. NVIDIA has been shipping HBM2 products. Have correct? they really? I know they're, they announced that they were. Pascal, yeah, they are H- shipping the P100. They're not still? No. They said like Wait a minute, Q1 2017. What, what are these big servers that they're sending to these guys that supposedly have the P100s in them? Okay, do you count giving one server to Elon Musk shipping the product? <laughs> well, they... <laughs> Elon does. There's a couple of them, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, think it's, you it's, can't it's buy a one. low amount of numbers, but you, you yeah. absolutely can't buy one, so I don't count it as shipping. Yeah, and it'd probably be hard to buy the Stratix 10 too. Yeah. So, point made. So, did Intel was supposed to do Xeons with FPGAs? Did they ever end up shipping those? That was like an early this year thing. I thought. I don't know, Francois. I wish wish Francois would tell us. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think they have though. I, I thought some of the V4s were supposed to have FPGAs built in. I mean, it, I mean, it's an FPGA, so it's not like we can't compare it to a general processor, right? But 10 teraflops of single precision is like – it's higher than the highest in GPU today can do single precision. With lots of parallel cores working. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And this is do they give like a power output at all of this at all? Do they do any? No, but it's it's going to be going to be low. FPGAs yeah. are not are not sipping power. So like if you were to make a processor yeah. that only did Battlefield One, <laughs> okay, right? Yeah, you could make an FPGA, okay. maybe. I, I no, guess specific for little, Battlefield it's a One, broad, and you can only do it for like ten of, watts. But, uh, that's what they should ship. Like uh, they should have these things called stop. Maybe you call them stop. cartridges. Stop. And you plug them into like a, a box that sits in your TV, and it yeah. includes the FPGA in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Francois yeah. says soon. Soon. Maybe Francois even maybe, have, maybe you can even store your saved games, meaning it would have to have a battery on it. No, 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 no. I don't want to, memory. Just we don't want to get we don't want to get you that crazy. Yeah, you know, we don't want. We don't have to use batteries if we use flash now. Oh, we've moved beyond that. Oh, these cartridges. We can modernize those cartridges. Put a yeah. super cap on it, and you're good. <sighs> All those things are bad ideas. Uh, Western Digital in the SSD game again. Yeah, they're doing it again. Look, there's a picture of one. There's of some two, SSDs, actually. I guess <laughs> some SSDs that they're making. So they're 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 it's launching not SSDs. A Silicon Edge. Oh yeah, they're not Silicon Edge anymore. Uh, they're still crap, blue, though. It was makes still, me unhappy. It was this is blue. Sandisk. Is this Sandisk coming it, in? It is Sandisk mm, Flash. Okay, who's doing the controller? Marvel on the blue. Okay, so and that's also worth pointing out. Like they're using familiar branding: WD yeah. blue and green. Yeah, right. Which makes sense. Like blue is kind of more of the mainstreamish kind of thing. Green's like the economy. Are they going to do like thing. a WD black? I mean, like that, higher I, performance. They could. Okay. Um, because I know what their uh, their uh, M.2 is just SATA. Yeah, it is M.2 SATA. Oh. <sighs> what the f- beep? Uh, I, I know. I know. Well, they're going for whatever form factor still has a SATA that's in need of an M.2. It's Western Digital. They only know SATA. Well, sure. They haven't figured out <laughs> PCI what? That's true. NVM what? I don't know what that is. So, I mean, anything stand out performance-wise on these drives? Price-wise on these drives? Like, what, do we know anything else uh, about them I mean, them the price yet? is competitive. It's like 30 cents a gig for okay. the blue. Okay. Uh, the green should be even lower cost, should but be. we don't, have we don't know it. yet. We don't have okay. pricing on it yet. Uh, the green's going to be like the much smaller capacities, right? 120, 240. Um, the blue goes all the way up from 250 all the way up to a ter- terabyte. Um, and they even offer the one terabyte on the, uh, well, I think they offer the one terabyte also on the M.2. I believe. Uh, they don't, they weren't specific about listing it, but I think that, I think they will be able to. Um, you know, it's just a Marvel controlled SATA SSD. Like, I mean, we've seen them before. Right. Uh, is there any firmware is going to be pretty mature? Well, maybe, uh, the firmware, they're kind of, with this one, their firmware, they're trying to do what uh, Micron did with that M600-ish a little bit, where the cache seems a little bit more dynamic. You know what I'm talking about? Like I hear you. SLC, it's TLC, you could switch to SLC mode. Oh, they are doing that but, this. Well, yeah. It's, it's So it doesn't seem to be like a static cache from what I've read on some of my peers that have already put their reviews out and our results that we have in-house that we haven't published on yet. It was acting like... Basically, for us, we got the drive half full, and the writes were pretty much all no, the no, time. No, 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 no. Your drive was half empty. Okay, half empty. <laughs> it was still half empty, but the write speeds were almost immediately going to 300 meg per second, as opposed to like the more 500 meg cache mm, okay. speed, uh, which was kind of weird. But um, 
you know, I mean, decent specs, like, you know, 80,000 uh, uh, random write IOPS, uh, 100,000 random read IOPS, which it actually, like, nailed in our tests. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, the well, price is decent. It's an SSD. It has decent ratings. Let's follow up next week. You know, yeah. With a review. Yep. Of these drives, is there any significance of Western Digital just being in this field again, or is it just like, hey, you have to be in this field because storage, yo? Well, I feel like when they f- did this, the this SSD, is my, this is my analyst coming uh, out. I, I feel like when they storage, did the yo. Silicon Edge, like we were saying that same exact thing, right? And it was bad, but that was a horrible drive. Yeah, well, and it just like no, it was bad. No, it wasn't horrible. We used them for a while. They weren't the best, but they were actually we used fairly them because cheap they at were the time. Here. They were okay. Yeah, they sent them, so you used them. <laughs> it did have a blue label on it, but you know, it's like actually didn't one didn't AMD send us a server that had a, a Western yeah, Digital thirty two gig one, a thirty two gig Silicon Edge SSD. Okay, in it. not that long ago. I mean, actually. they came out. I think they were probably okay when they came out, but they yeah. were very rapidly outstripped by or outpaced by everything else that was coming out that kept going faster and faster. Right. Then, right. And Western Digital never did anything else with that drive. Like, it was just, that's our model. Like, here you go. There's not a firmware. There's not anything. Just have fun. Yep. You know, and um, and they did, and I know they did, like, a Black 2. Remember that? Yes. Yes. But that was that a was hybrid. The, it was it was, a, it was two separate drives, just in one chassis. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't a hybrid. Well, it doesn't it, count as a hybrid. It was designed well, to be a hybrid. The software that came with it made it operate like a... The software could make it as a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. But you could technically have... That software could have worked with any two drives. Is that using SATA Express? Sure. Uh, no. No. It was, was it? only SATA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it yeah. populated the system as two drives. They showed a SATA Express... Because it was a SATA hub. They showed a demo it, right? SATA Express it, drive It did this point. weird thing where it, it would only enable... It, it acted like a drive that was like a one terabyte and like a 128 gig SSD, yeah. right? And it acted like a 1.1 1. 1, uh, terabyte drive yeah, or something like that, right? When you first like well, plugged it in or – no. It only, is, you that's only gone. saw the SSD when you first plugged it in. You had to install the software to unlock the hard drive. Uh, it was just like – It was DLC. You know, it was just kind of like – It was an interesting – You wouldn't download a hard drive, storage. would you? Do you remember when Intel sold upgrade cards for processors at Best Buy? Uh, yep. I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. So we'll talk about that more in, in review next week. Yep. Uh, I I continue to be excited about this for really no reason. 10 gigabit Ethernet. 10 gigabit Ethernet's been a thing for years. I know, but years. like, yeah. but not for consumers. It's Consumer not low cost. Ooh, 249 bucks. A $249 yeah. switch but from Asus. How many ports? Well, well, it's got two that do 10 gig. Oh, well, that's useless. Well, no, it's, no it, it's two more than other drives or other drives <laughs> of this price. <laughs> okay, but, so you've but, got, you know, yeah. a server, a file server. Yep. You test it 10G. You've got a backup server, 10G, and then you've got a bunch of 1G ports to uh, you know people who are actually actively using the file server. Yes, and it but, spreads out that 10G among the eight 1G ports. But here's the problem: when you only have two of those ports on there, you're just as well with point the, to point with point to point, like making a separate network. Uh, because most of those NICs that are coming out now or that are cheap now because they're now prior generation Intel ones that are on eBay for like 120 bucks or 130 bucks yep. or something, they're dual generation. port cards. 
So hey, you can dual port ten. Al- yeah, they're dual port ten. Yeah, they're cards. both tens. But 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 the nick that Asus is going to put on a motherboard is not. It's only I, one port. I understand. Oh, you're saying they're going to put ten gig on their motherboards as well? They, they've, they've already, already announced, announced one. One and, and it only that has one port board. On it. Yeah, that was super yeah. super expensive. Yeah, yeah, well, WS board. Yes, but if they're launching a switch, it's gonna it will come down. Eventually. You're going to see it on more. I, I agree. I didn't realize. I'm, I'm less excited now that I know there's only two it, ports it needed, on here. Even four ports would have been so much better than two. Oh, absolutely. Because when you only have and two, then it just makes more sense to just use the Nix well, amongst themselves. <laughs> kind, I, mean, I would not be really. surprised if there's not like a 2010 Switch that comes out, which has four, four, 350, 380 bucks. Oh, as opposed to the 2008 right. model. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I would expect yeah. different models to come through. And it's so obviously a consumer dr- uh, Switch because it's unmanaged. Right? It's just sure. flat out hardware connected, I mean, no management. But for a, a consumer at home, you don't even want to manage Switch most of the time. No, you no, got no God idea no. what you're doing to begin with. Oh, you just I want s- to plug it in and work. Hell yeah. no. I mean, the the benefit of having this Switch, even if it has two ports, is like you're creating a point-to-point connection, but not really. Like everybody else gets to share in the resources, even if they're it's not true. running at 10 gig. So whereas, yeah, you've got whereas if you're doing point-to-point, other ports, then you have to have other NICs connected to Switches. Yes, you for do other still things, have to have. Right? But, so, but for for most people right now, they already have a motherboard that already has a gigabit or a pair of them on it. Mm-hmm. So you just add that NIC to it. A ten gig uh, nick. Yeah, a ten gig. Yeah, nick. but that's yeah. my point. You can buy a pair of ten gig. But I think Nicks Josh's example of like you have that switch. Two places that you are are more concerned about like high data transfer. Yeah. Boom, <laughs> you do that, but then everybody else gets still normal high speed gigabit. Yeah. Well, instead of sharing a one gigabit or you got four fused together to that, you've you've got you know for a server, you have one ten. So you've got all these guys doing like ArcGIS who's streaming maps and, and rasters off of the server and they're getting really snappy performance because they're not all sharing a one gig or or four bonded Ethernets. Yeah. And you said you've got a single 10, which yep. is – it's nice in, in certain scenarios. Sure. Yep. Purely internal because it's not like you're getting 10 gig service yet in North America. No. <laughs> Loser internet. Uh, we do have another Patreon edition. Uh, Abraham Lincoln pledged three dollars and fifty cents to us, so I appreciate that, Abraham. It was yeah, a whole, it was you a know, stack the man who suspended oh, habeas corpus. Way to go, Abe! <laughs> he yeah. cannot tell a lie. Mm-hmm. He cannot tell a lie. No, he loves PC George perspective, and you should all contribute to the. That Patreon. was the joke. Oh. All right, last news story of the week: Nvidia releases GeForce. Uh, 37306 drivers. What is interesting in these, uh, Jeremy, I guess? what's uh, uh, It re-enables support for SLI in Battlefield 1. It re-enables? It had been disabled? Yeah, they were having some issues with it. <laughs> oh, okay. They fixed that. It's okay. also the game-ready launch for Gears of War 4, mm-hmm. Mafia 3, and Lo Wang 2. Shadow Warrior 2. Here's a, here's a little Who wants hot, some Wang? hot scoop. Hot scoop for you guys. Before it launches, before it's announced tomorrow, NVIDIA may or may not be giving away a lot of copies of Shadow Warrior 2 tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) May or may not. However... Just giving them away? Giving them away. Just just like... Do you think maybe they've been getting people to... You had to register some software recently? No. You tell me I'm going to get a copy of Shadow Warrior 2 tomorrow? I'm not saying. I'm just saying they may or may not. So, don't know. Did yeah. you use a real email address? <laughs> <laughs> you did. have to. You had to validate it. Yeah, you had to right, validate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's right, too. Damn it. Yeah. 
So there you go. Get those drivers. Jesus. I haven't tried out Gears of War 4 yet. I've heard good things about Mafia so, 3. So you're saying everybody on the stream, like, r- register quick, register your... I'm uh, not saying that. I'm just no. saying they may or may not be giving away games. They've, okay. It's, it's not like... This is what they promised when they first launched GFE and told us that they were going to require they logins. They said, "Oh, we're going to we're going to give away prizes and contests and give away you know software and other type of stuff." So now they're just kind of actually maybe finally doing it. Maybe right. I don't know. I just heard that as a rumor. Uh, let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. Uh-oh. Mine is this cylindrical thing. What the heck is that? It uh, is. It looks like an Apple product. It is it a does. new Alexa? It's going to be in a minute. Uh, so this is a <laughs> – wait. This is a portable speaker. What, what, what's the other thing for? The hell? Uh, this is just the tube to hold it. It's the box. It's the box. Well, why is the box so big? What, and yeah. then like in here you've got uh, like your charger and cable and, and oh, stuff like ah, that. Directions on how to okay. set it up. It's right? kind of heavy. It's a, it's so okay. First of all, I paid too much money for this. It's going to actually be returned because I can get it so much cheaper on Amazon. But this is the UE Boom Two Phantom Wireless Mobile Bluetooth Speaker what Waterproof. Mean, you bought it retail or something? Yeah, I bought it at Walmart okay. uh, because I forgot gonna, my other speaker when I went home. Or big old to, like volume up down buttons. Like, yeah, there's no. There's it's, no it's so it's made by there. what? Are the, what's that? Uh, Ultimate Ears. Ultimate Ears, which, which is owned been, by Logitech. Yeah, this just seems so awesome. No, it's like why is this case like? It's, protecting the thing i don't know it just I, looks I, cool I man guess. it's a box uh, shut up <clears throat> yeah exactly uh, look it's got this it's i got guess, actually thing it's not top. a box it's true it is a <laughs> container so how does it sound it sounds pretty good actually um and well, it it's like it's waterproof and shockproof it, it does kind of it's waterproof and shockproof <laughs> playing so, music youtube is gonna shut us down. i know it, it will be very quick um and so, like, I could throw it in the, in the water, throw it down on the sand. Really? Yeah. And, and it's, like, dropped it down some a flight of wooden stairs just to beat things up. I was in a beating things it up kind of mood while I was on vacation. It's the bottom, yeah. It's waterproof and sharp. I think it's IP67, I think. Is it IP67 on the water? I think it might be more than that, like IP67X How does or it, something. Uh, oh, there's a dust-proof charging port. Yeah. Or a little yeah. field. Okay. And yeah, it like unscrews, and it's uh, no, it's a uh, charger port and uh-huh. something else. It's not a headphone jack. I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, you can you can look though. You can drill one of those in if you need it. Uh, yeah, just, just drill the headphone jacks and everything. So, hang on. You know, that's that's gonna, decent sound. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna be able to tell over the stream. But it does pretty good for as pretty small good. of a cylinder Stop as it the is. Audio. I'm talking over it. They're not going to catch it. Yeah, that's, um, that was pretty and, good. And the, and the volume gets up there pretty good if you want it to. Yeah. You know, when you're at a beach wow. and there's a lot of stuff going on, right? It, it actually works pretty well. These, are, these types of speakers are expensive. Like, this is $167 yeah. on Amazon. How much was the retail? $199. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, it's how long did it last you on a charge? Have you like depleted yet? No, actually, I didn't. Um, it's it's rated at let's see, waterproof, shockproof, designed for adventure, IPX7 rated, waterproof up to thirty minutes and yeah. a depth of one meter. Um, it has uh, it actually has the software has some cool capabilities. Like if you have more of these, the software will actually team them all together. Oh, oh good! Like it's one's about the left time channel, one's the right that. channel, or something. Uh, like you can have like up to I think the software just had an update where you could connect up to forty of them together. <laughs> oh, so it's not I, left or right channel. It's I just don't like, know why. There's, there's, yeah, it's just like duping it. Sync. Correct. Which is good. Correct. Right? And so the software 
You know, like it's got your <laughs> just positive, <laughs> negative button. It's just a big it's plus just, and minus yeah, on the screen. But it's got like your EQ, you can EQ on it. You can set an alarm through it. Oh. Uh, okay. Actually, it has a firmware update. So go ahead. Sure. Do that firmware update. Oh, live on the stream. I think the firmware update is to do that support where it can support this mass number uh, uh, of things. And it, it sounds pretty good. And if it's you're looking counting, for some portable. Just counting up. <clears throat> that says 5% completed. Oh, okay. There. The only thing I wish and it had was flames. some kind of uh, like way to hold it. Like, I don't know, you some kind of strap like or something. I know, but like when you're carrying other – you're walking down to the beach as you do yeah. when you're on vacation. Well, you could probably hang it by the screw thing. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. What did you determine was the other thing? I didn't, I didn't take oh, it off. Okay. Um, so 15-hour battery life and 100-foot Bluetooth wireless range. Actual battery life will vary based on settings and environmental conditions, uh, of course. <clears throat> oh, and it has the ability – like it has this weird uh, capability that when it's – if you pick it up, it uh-huh. knows when you've picked it up. If you tap it once, it will play pause. If you tap it twice, it will skip tracks. Not push but if the you button, have it, just tap it. Just tap the top of it. And if oh. you have it set down and you do it, it doesn't do it. So it knows when you're picking it up. Uh, looks like looks like it is a headphone port, I guess. Yeah. I would, I would think there. they would put that under there. Yeah. There's some sand in there. <sighs> Sorry about that, Sand. Um, so that's that. That is the uh, UE Boom 2 Phantom. It's available in all kinds of colors like as not well. not even a company I've ever heard of. It's owned by Logitech. Ultimate oh, Ears okay. has been a company for a long time. Yeah, they've time. been, long, they've been oh, around for a while. Okay. Ultimate Ears is what it is. And uh, Logitech bought them a couple, three years ago. So that is where I'm at. Who's next? <laughs> this was too funny to not post because i just spotted on new egg so for everyone who swears up and down they will never buy windows 10 they're never gonna <laughs> upgrade well somehow new egg got their hands on a couple more licenses for windows 7 and it's 50 bucks off Why can't I 40 bucks plus this? a 10 dollar code off so you might as well just buy all of them that you can it's a i don't know why this screen is getting it cut off but it's it 169 dollars Right. They've changed the link a couple of times on me during the <laughs> show. I think that people are getting mad at them because this is not something you're supposed to do. But if you look, there's also a $10 code off, or at least there was <laughs> a little while ago. So you get it for $159. Oh, now it's only for the 32-bit. No. I think you can install the 64-bit either. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, all right. So, so there you go. If so you, you refuse still want to Windows upgrade, 7, grab yourself a couple <laughs> of copies. All right, Josh, what do you got for me? Hey, what do you have? Uh, S-Delete, free from Microsoft. You really want to erase that hard drive and make sure none of your deleted emails get off of it. This is going to help you out. may not help with all of the really deep diving things. A killer. But it's 151K. It's S-Delete V2. You run it through a command line. You have some nice little. It's made by a guy P, named Dash S. Made whatever. by a guy named Mark Rasinovich. Is it, no, is it, is it wiping the whole drive or just deleting files? It deletes everything and then it zeroes everything out. And but the whole drive. What the whole drive is what you're. Yeah. Doing. Okay. So it takes a while. All right, and it's only 151 kilobytes, and it's free, and it's free. Free. And it's offered through Microsoft TechNet, so you know it's probably not a complete piece of garbage, too. I remember if, you, if you're trying to wipe an SSD, just use whoever's tool. Use a hammer. No, I mean, use, Here's like, the loop, company's loop. tool that they make that gives you this cure race thing. Because it'll be much less time. 
Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. All right, Alan. Uh, yeah, so I finally uh, <clears throat> bit the bullet and bought this thing. Uh, this is a... Uh, I was so impressed with their oscilloscope from Rygold. You Rigel. bit the bullet. Like, like everyone was waiting for you to buy this 195-watt power supply. Well, it's 450 bucks. I understand. It's kind of out there. Have you modded it yet? Uh, it, I, I just haven't like had a chance. In your art world with it. <laughs> what, um, what do you What do you use this for? What What do I want? Well, what I for? will be using that for is the power testing for SSDs and uh, NVMe stuff. Mm, okay. Right. Because not only will that provide whatever uh, voltages Ooh. that you tell it to provide, it has it's three channels, which is actually uncommon for one like these. Uh, all like these buttons. You can spend a grand for like a single channel precision power supply. I don't want to do that. This has two channels that do. That basically have the same specs okay. that a typical thousand dollar unit would have just for one channel, right? Thirty volts. Um, yeah, so it's thirty volts up to thirty volts and up to three amps a lot of for volts. two channels, and then the third channel is still three amps, but it's only up to five, five volts. volts. So it's USB. <laughs> that was my speaker connecting. And his, his, yeah, his speaker did something. <laughs> um, it'll also do like logging. It'll it'll since it's the thing providing. The current it's yep. able to give you a like real time sure. current that makes sense it even gives you wattage just calculates it for you like here's how many watts the thing's drawing right right um it does logging it does you know a bunch of other things the screen is actually color but i'm not sure if you have to unlock it or switch a mode or update a <laughs> firmware it's like right. it looked monochrome but it's not it's actually like a color screen just like what's on the rigol scope um you know what 450 bucks for you know what what is a pretty decent precision power supply with multiple channels like if you have any need to be providing variable voltages to things like for just designing circuits like stuff Ken does and bench power supplies are infinitely useful useful yeah there's always like some kind of use for something that you can just to say hey i need three volts for something you punch in three I'm trying to figure out this thing still works i can't find the right power adapter here this jack fits let's cut it off and uh, yeah basically (laughs) yeah give it five volts um you know, pretty handy and a very reasonable price for for what that. I'm impressed with the Rigel stuff. Like that scope, I was expecting to be just super cheaply made and stuff like that, but totally the contrary. Um, and it's even and that was even hackable. And this thing is also hackable, so cool. you can unlock more features to make it even, you know, more of a. Uh, did you buy any of these toothbrush heads as well? These are I, a I did, sponsored product related to this item. I did not buy toothbrush heads. <laughs> <laughs> it was on you, so crazy. Mm, yeah. All right, and Sebastian. Ah! Okay, so <laughs> if you have to use a dongle Love to it. get your uh, audio yep. to headphones from a new iPhone 7, you might as well upgrade. Ooh. So instead of like 16-bit 44.1 and whatever tiny headphone amp they have, FIO Audio or FIO Audio, this is their least expensive option that gives you actual USB DAC functionality and a headphone amplifier. It's only 40 bucks on Amazon. And it isn't just using like your average 16-bit cheap DAC. It's actually a 24-bit 96 kilohertz compatible Texas Instruments DAC and a Texas Instruments headphone amp. And on paper, this thing looks like it's going to have extremely good uh, signal-to-noise ratio. You should get very quiet backgrounds, good volume output, and have the capability if you use a supported app such as like the Onkyo HF Player app, which has a premium version that unlocks the 96 and 24-bit music files that are normally not supported on iOS. 
you have a lot of flexibility. So if you're looking at, you know, one of those adapters or something a little bit better than the little cable that comes with the iPhone. Right. 40 bucks is not bad. We're talking the same price range as that Belkin adapter to plug and like listen and charge at the same time. Yeah, but isn't this the one that uh, when you plug it in, the iPhone says that DAC is taking up too much power, and so we're shutting that, it down? I'm not sure because I haven't tried this one yet. I've tried a couple of these little USB-powered DACs, and here's the catch is it's not really $40. You have to spend another 20 or so on Apple's lightning to USB cable, which they call their camera connection kit, which everybody who has an iPhone and is into high-end headphone audio has to buy because all these little DAC amps only have a micro USB on them. I don't, like, underst- I don't understand why they do that. I know. A, I, I feel like it's got. From... I was talking to a guy at a dealer two days ago about this, and it's it's got to be margin where they just don't want to pay that little licensing fee to Apple to have a lightning connector in the box. Just put a USB A connector on the back of it instead yeah. of a micro. Yeah, Can that's you true too. From A to micro and just. I mean, I mean you can, in theory. Yeah. But if like you think s- about the daisy chain that you would need to have <laughs> I get it. dual adapter, like you need a dual lightning adapter, then then a camera connection the kit, then the micro yeah. cable that comes with this, then this, then your headphones, and then you have your lightning power going off on the other side. All right. Sounds like there's a nice market for us to make a micro USB to lightning cable. I don't know why it doesn't exist. Let's just not call it lightning. Let's call it something else. Thunder. <laughs> That's already a thing. Rain. Atmospheric discharge. But that Which can mean not multiple thing. things. <clears throat> Thunderbolt isn't real. Oh. It's called, it's the cloud cable, Ken. We're going to patent it. <laughs> there you go. It's just, it's just a empty box. All right, everybody. That is it for us this week. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, again, pcpro.com slash Nothing. PCPro.com uh, is the URL to find all of our articles and reviews and news and all the stuff we talked about on the show. If you go to PCPro.com slash podcast, you can find uh, all of our previous episodes, ways to subscribe, all the show notes, direct links to all the stories we've talked about this week, uh, as well as our picks of the week. They're always in there as well. So we encourage you to go check that out um, and all the normal things, you know, patreon.com slash PCPer, PCPer.com slash subscribe or slash live, all those types of URLs are working. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll talk about more stuff. I won't be here next week. Okay. I'll be in shocking out of the country. You will not talk about this stuff. I will not talk about this stuff. Next week. You guys will talk all about this stuff next week. You will be getting a bunch of Patreon emails. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, if I get Patreon, it'll be it'll be like 10 a.m. where I'm at. That's yep. fine. That's acceptable. I'll, uh, I'll call them in. I'll call them in. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm Ryan Schrupp. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walred. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Sebastian Peek. And read more at pcpro.com slash index.php. <laughs> <laughs> Which works. I just tried it. It does. It does. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.